Hello everyone welcome to another episode of the Space Road podcast today we have Mr Satvik Vishwanath with us Satvik is the co-founder and CEO of Unocoin uh, Unocoin is the first bitcoin company in India they started back in 2013 and uh, we talked about how uh, Unocoin came into existence and how the journey has been uh, through all these years we also talked about the regulatory challenges faced by not just Unocoin but the crypto industry as a whole and uh, how they have overcome it and how the industry has matured today time stamps are mentioned in the uh, video timeline below do check them out and uh, i hope you enjoy this conversation So um hi Satvik uh, uh welcome to the Space Road podcast uh, how are you doing today I'm doing good Chetan how are you doing uh, I'm doing great I'm doing great uh so uh, as i understand uh, unocoin is the first uh, bitcoin company in uh, india uh, i think you guys uh, uh, started with uh, providing uh, a convenient way for people to uh, buy and sell uh bitcoins uh, uh you guys started back in 2013 so uh, i want to start off uh, with um, you uh, telling us a little bit about your background before you uh, started unocoin and then uh, probably how you discovered bitcoin and how it led to you starting this company sure so uh, in 2008 i completed my mba from university of melbourne so just after that it was kind of a recession time and that is when i was looking at different opportunities of um, how to stay uh, focused and be involved in some work and such and that was also the time when i noticed uh, this platform called second life uh, where we can uh, provide different different services it's like a 3d environment and every person when they log in they'll, they'll see themselves as an avatar and every avatar you meet there is a real human behind it and it's uh, it's a very social uh, interactive i won't call it as a game it's kind of simulation i think something um, like a metaverse so, that we have uh, today yeah we can we can put it that way that sure but in metaverse as well from what i know there are comparatively very number of restrictions of what you can do what you cannot do but as compared to second life second life is more like world but just within the computer so you can go wherever you want to go do whatever you want to do and, and such kind of things and such right so uh, i started offering custom scripting services so let's say if someone was building uh, a home i used to create an automation scripts for them or security systems for them and if someone is building a game i used to make the game work etc so which is more similar to how for example um, say we used to have this flash animations right at one point of time which was popular mm-hmm. uh, where the little little objects within the flash animations used to interact depending upon scripts inside those kinds of small small objects which are visible on the screen so but that is like if you uh, you know extrapolate that into 3d it's it's kind of how i think second life works okay so the so the money we earn through through this second life is through a closed loop currency called indian dollars and it's about 250 indian dollars is one american dollar and i had to use paypal as a way for me to get money from us to india uh so then paypal used to charge me about 3.9% as transaction fees and another 3% as conversion fees so i kind of was losing about 7% of the money month on month for about 4 years by the end of 4 year i already had a bunch of employees who were working with me so i was not i mean no i was no more like alone which also means the, i had quite a bit of expenses and such and this kind of deductions in the name of fees and conversion uh, say transaction fees and such uh so it quite added up and that's also the time when i was looking at better alternatives of like how do we make the value go from one place to one place uh what other methods exist uh, which should be both fast and free and that made me stumble upon bitcoin and because i am a techie by myself i took some time out to read more about this concept and definitely got fascinated by it when i was looking at what exactly is happening in the bitcoin space in india i got to know about a meetup that was happening in bangalore in the same weekend So when I went there, that's where actually I met uh, Sunny. So who was actually the co-founder, uh, who is as of now the co-founder of, of Unocoin, but at that time he was only the uh, organ organizer for that meetup. So when we met, we definitely found quite a bit of synergies of what all we could do together because he was much more of the of the marketing and talking guy, I think. 
and on my side me having a bunch of programmers with me uh, helped me to put up something into execution and come up with, uh, with something that works and such so in 2013 is also one of the really good year for bitcoin when we see the price chart right so we will see the price going all the way from $16 to $1050 so that's a kind of increase that we have seen in 2013 and like how the price of bitcoin increased there are more and more people who are also coming for this particular meetup mm-hmm. right so that was happening every weekend and once this started uh, happening we often few of the meetups we had all as much as 100 people right so that was kind of a mini conference by itself even though it was just happening in cafes and sometimes uh, some posh hotels and such uh, while everyone could talk great things about bitcoin and how the countries like us and japan and china were already progressing uh, people in india could not lay their hands on bitcoin yet because there was no platform where people could easily buy store and sell bitcoin today we have n number of wallets but if you are talking about a year like to 2013 uh, maybe blockchain.info was the only wallet available kind of and the others were not really popular yet and such so it was quite tricky and uh, in india there was no platform so apart from this we also tried doing other things like uh, attempting to mine some bitcoin and creating physical bitcoins and creating them and all launching the conferences did you try bitcoin. to use uh, bitcoin as a mode of payment uh, instead of paypal in your existing business back then i didn't use it because the moment i got to know about it i got fascinated so much that i started uh, i i felt like this is kind of a solution that whatever i have found is helpful for many thousands of people right mm-hmm. so maybe i build something around it so people whoever were losing money like me can take advantage of this kind of uh, technology and in india you need a business to support it right so yeah. that's what we were using but on the other side i have used bitcoin as a mode of payment in couple of places right so uh, there used to be one uh, one platform called bitqrex which used to give like a debit card kind of thing right so there are but remember once i used uh, about 1.1 bitcoin for paying a restaurant bill right which was about 7500 <laughs> so uh, yeah and then uh, there were I mean, when i when i had been to us uh, there as well i've used it uh, a couple of times to pay for the food okay. so, so this food. the restaurant bill was in india or it was uh, in no, some no, other that was in us it was in us yeah okay. when, when i had been uh, so it it's like uh, subway kind of equivalents uh, that we have seen there so there it's i mean they were using bitpay uh, as their payment gateway so mm-hmm. i mean it is just a just a good feeling that uh, you know you are able to pay it without any middleman in between and you know the payment just just reaches and it just happens like a magic kind of thing so yeah that's what has happened so and then uh, when when people started uh, i mean with these people who are coming for the meetups um, some of them started to bring some cash hoping that someone else who is coming for the meetup may have some bitcoin to exchange mm-hmm. uh, that was quite a very um, not a good way for these kind of transactions to happen uh, especially when they are obviously are meeting for the first time and they don't know each other and such yeah so it's we saw that to be a business opportunity and us had a platform like coinbase and uh, europe i think we had bitstamp at that time and japan sites um, had this moncox mm-hmm. so it's, it's kind of we thought um, it's time for india to have a similar platform mm-hmm. supporting kinds of transactions For, for people to be able to buy and sell securely um, and knowing whom they are doing the transaction with so okay. yeah that made us start uno coin in 2013 in december okay okay so you uh, um, basically you uh, stumbled upon uh, bitcoin uh, uh, while looking for a better payment alternative for your existing business and then yeah. uh, you started interacting with people who were also uh, trying to figure out what bitcoin was um, and um, eventually you figured out that there is a need for uh, for people to exchange bitcoin with one another in a in a better way or there was no infrastructure yep. at the point here in india so yeah so um 
so how did you start uh, unocoin i mean uh, uh, did you uh, bootstrap it completely on your own or uh, you got funding from somebody else at that point of time and uh, what were the products that were offered initially uh, when it was started i mean initially uh, because i had a bunch of programmers with me from my previous business i just pulled two of them out from the present like one of the projects we were working on um, mm-hmm. and then uh, we were able to the platform in about 3 months less than 3 months time uh but it was simple buy and sell anyway and then we launched it uh so it definitely uh, from day day one onwards or let's say from week 3 onwards there are some uh, like good transactions started happening so which means it started you know bringing some kind of revenues uh for sustaining uh, of the of the company itself and paying of the paying the salaries and such taking care of utilities and rent etc so that was easy um, anyway like me or my I mean other co-founders were not taking salary at that point of time yet okay um, so then i think in just like 15 days after we started uh, maybe 10 days after we started the platform uh, we got an email from barisilbert um checking okay i got to know about your platform what are your funding plans uh, keep us updated uh, we are looking for an opportunities in india and bitcoin space and we ignored okay. it initially uh, thinking that uh, yeah i mean i don't think we need funding because uh, people are coming they are buying and they are getting settled in money and we are earning some money already uh, okay. so but after that uh, maybe another 10 days down the line again we got one more email uh, saying that uh, okay we are watching you like let us know kind of thing so mm-hmm. that okay maybe we will have to raise some funding so that we will become a little bit more aggressive in the market and grow team in size to some extent maybe have an office some another office which is more like a corporate office etc so i'm from a town called tumkur so which is uh, about an hour and half away from bangalore and mm-hmm. my other co-founder harish is also from tumkur so me and him actually met in a kasta in a internet cafe in uh, in around 2000 year i guess 1999 to 2000 oh um, so okay. then yeah, so we, we we were actually going to the same cafe yeah <laughs> uh so since then we have been quite uh, good friends so with uh, and when i was going to these meetups uh, after second meetup i guess um, i started pulling him towards okay like there is something happening uh, you should definitely be seeing this you should learn like there's a new technology and such and it's like interesting so he started he started coming along with me uh, as well and um, yeah i mean after we started going to meetups maybe we would have gone to about 30 different meetups like 30 weekends Uh, before we even started unocoin so yeah, yeah i mean he was able to interact he able to understand as well as well so i mean he is a computer science engineer from tumkur uh, okay and was i mean initially he was uh, um, i would say too enthusiastic to provide wifi based mesh network for the entire town but the town was not ready for it um, and then he got into uh, the manufacturing of passive antennas Uh, so he was still working in the, on those pent- uh, manufacturing those passive antennas like for the networks when uh, i started pulling him for the meetups and such and we started seeing this to be a uh, like much bigger opportunity okay so our another co-founder is abhinand um, so he is actually a computer engineer as well from rb college in bangalore mm-hmm. um, so i started pulling him i mean is actually my cousin in fact um, so i actually started pulling him maybe from week 5 onwards i guess to say okay yeah this is like something good is happening and this looks like a huge industry in the future uh, where it is just come and like start interacting and not take it out and such so that happened so in that way uh, yeah we, we four of us including sunny uh, kind of uh, were i mean we have very complementing skill sets i think so i could take care of technology and harish could take care of compliance finances accounts and such Uh, abhinand is more on the marketing and product side of things and sunny is more on the customer relations investor relations partnerships and such kind of thing so it's kind of very complementing uh, skill set which could support one another for for any company like for a company to be formed and such right so yeah we were kind of uh, pivotal to do the other three four things before unocoin but yeah unocoin obviously have been the most successful one okay uh, so yeah this is where uh, we we kind of are uh, right now okay okay so um uh 
so i, I think uh, 2013 was uh, one of the bull runs in uh, uh, in bitcoin and then again uh, uh, i mean uh, it went into a bear run for like from 14 to 16 or uh, early yeah. 2017 so uh, i suppose i mean uh, uh, i'm not sure of this but uh, i suppose uh, whenever there is a bull run it is uh, quite uh, comparatively easy to onboard new customers because uh, it is being covered in uh, so many uh, media articles, uh, mainstream media is covering it and everybody is hearing about it from their friends and families and such. Uh, but I, I I can imagine back then in 2014, 15, 16, it was very, you know, I mean, not a lot of people here in India know about Bitcoin. So how did you uh, went about, you know, acquiring new customers? And uh, and uh, uh, if you want to share some numbers, uh, a number of customers you had back then and how it, uh, it has grown over the years. Sure. So I think by mid-2014, we had as much as a couple of thousands of users. There's also when we actually raised that 250k from Barry Silbert, okay. um, so from from Digital Currency Group. So that was our first round of funding, and we could use that to grow our infrastructure. Then have a office in Tumkur as well, I mean, as Bangor as well, which we call it as corporate office, because uh, the the required talents, all of them are not available in Tumkur. It's it's comparatively like maybe one by 25 the size of uh, Bangalore, and even though there are uh, just a few. Engineering colleges, uh, the engineers actually used to you know, once sit there and they used to go to Bangalore for in search of the jobs and such. So it, it was that the, the talent crunch was definitely there in in Tumkur. Right. So that made to open the office in Bangalore in 2014, like late part of 2014 and such. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like at, up until probably 2017 mid. Mm-hmm. It definitely was uh, very tough for us to even explain what is Bitcoin. I mean, today people get it because so much of media shouting is happening, um, explaining and such, and there are so many people talking about it. And not many well-informed people or maybe engineers are uh, who do not uh, who are not aware of Bitcoin, right? So it's one or the other point of them that would have you know come across. And then nowadays, even there is uh, mass media which are covering advertisements and uh, and sharing of the information. It could be the educational method, or it could be just advertorials or interviews and such. So at that point of time, when I mean, there are so many times when I start explaining what is Bitcoin, I had to finish it maybe within say two minutes or three minutes. Right. Within that, if I can't capture their attention, they just used to move on. That's it. Yeah, this is not something that we can understand, and this looks like a like Ponzi scheme and such. Right. So, and for a common man to understand that point of time was was comparatively very very tough. So it looks like okay, there is no, there is no backing. There's, there is nothing that exists. It is just like a string of numbers that is holding something, and that's pretty much it. And, and no one knows where it exists, and it has some value. You know, as of today, it makes so much of sense because out of that, there is a blockchain technology itself, which is a new concept that has been formed. Uh, but at that point of time, uh, it definitely not so. So in 2016, we raised our second order of funding, which was another two million dollars another time. So that uh, all those combined, it helped us to make our platform better, provide much better customer service, um, keep helping newcomers uh, with whatever we had to say. But one thing, at least, we had made sure at the point of time is that uh, we we were we were not doing any kind of push-based marketing activities. Mm-hmm. It was much more about if customer have to learn about Bitcoin in one way or the other, and then only they'll be coming to our platform because uh, it's it's kind of as we already know, it's very speculative asset. Yeah. So we definitely were not doing any kind of influence on when customers should invest and when not. And yeah, so in that way, you know, when people used to just come on the platform, they should learn how to trade than what is Bitcoin itself. Yeah. Okay. So we raised our second funding in 2016. I think we may had about 15,000 users, I think. So 2017, mid, we actually end up with as much as a million users was like a mid 2016 to end of 2017 is like a very good bull run in fact yes 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 okay okay and um 
So uh, I, I watched uh, a couple of interviews that you have done uh, in the past. And uh, there you mentioned uh, that you, uh, apart from a simple buy and sell uh, product on your platform, you had also uh, started providing um, uh, services like where merchants can use uh, Bitcoin as a mode of payment. And um, so I uh, just want to ask you, I mean, how, uh, I mean, what, thought process went into providing that solution or uh, i mean was it a pull from uh, customers or merchant for say that we want something like this where we can enable bitcoin payments or uh, uh, you thought it is it makes sense to provide this type of solution and um, uh, do you still provide those solutions or is it something which has been discontinued and if so why yeah so see merchant gateway initially we only were offering it through an api so where our customers could use uh, the I mean, connect to our servers when it is time for their users to check out of the website. Um, and then uh, they used to tell us how much INR that they want to receive. We used to provide them a unique address, unique Bitcoin address and how much Bitcoin amount it is so that they can display it on their, uh, to, to, to their customers and accept the Bitcoin payment and such. Uh, but at that point of time, I don't think that like merchants was really, I mean, they don't know, I mean, yeah. in, in fact, but when we started telling them that like presently, when you are using credit cards, you pay as much as 1.52% fees and it takes two days for the amount to settle and such. But this is a new mode of payment where uh, the customers will be able to pay you uh, like instantly and you get to the settlement amount without any kind of reductions, without like 0% transaction fees. Mm -hmm. uh, within next two working hours itself, right? So that was a kind of pitch we used to do. Um, and as we all know, right? So I mean, Bitcoin today is now seen as a speculative asset, but technically speaking, why it even existed or why it is even born, right? Is to enable fast and free transactions on the internet. So that's pretty much the simple reason uh, why this 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 concept even started, uh, you know, becoming bigger and started making a name. Uh, for itself but right now it, it has acquired so much of user base and the trust and the network network effect in such a way that it has kind of uh, ended up with uh, it being an asset and a lot of other such protocols which are like more of the clones of these kinds of bitcoin right uh, is kind of getting used for some kind of payment right and because this continues to be space so speculative the the merchant also is a little bit uh, wary about Okay, what if I accept it today and tomorrow the price falls? And because his margin itself could be in terms of a couple of percentage, so it will be like eventually become quite a uh, hit uh, if if you don't plan his, his selling of bitcoins properly. So yeah. we gave them this particular feature uh, where we provided him the locked-in rate, and as long as a bitcoin payment happens in thirty minutes, uh, we used to honor that particular rate, and the money used to reach him in like two working hours. So we had as much as about 2000 merchants at that point of time, we had merchants uh, doing, uh, yeah. So providing web space, there, there, were, there was a school which was accepting fees uh, in Bitcoin. Uh, then there was a flight portal, uh, then a train portal and a bus portal as well. There were, there were a few companies which were offering web, uh, web space and services. And there was also some portals which were selling uh, e-vouchers of various branded I mean, various e-commerce companies and such right? so that was quite a and uh, when when the banking issue happened in 2018 so when the reserve bank of india gave out a notice to the banks not to provide services to the crypto companies and its customers yeah we could not provide them the money anymore right so we had to discontinue those particular services but right now the service still exists but in a little bit of different form Okay. Uh, so we have those similar, I mean, for same APS, whatever we had at that point of time. Uh, so, but we don't have you know, explicit uh, you know, merchant-based service itself. Uh, it is just that the customer can either use it for merchant-based or use, use it to create their own wallets and such. So we have more robust APIs right now, and it's up to our customers if they, if they want to use it for merchant, as a merchant gateways, and they definitely can use it. Okay. That's pretty much what we see right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, really interesting to know that. I mean, the reason Bitcoin was created was to enable peer-to-peer -peer payments without intervention of any third party. And uh, adoption happening uh, 
uh, on that front i mean people really using it to say pay school fees or buy web space or you know even do this uh, at, uh, online portal transactions and such uh, i mean it uh, i think that was i mean one of the best use cases or service that can uh, be enabled by bitcoin um uh but since the since bitcoin itself has been you know uh, considered more of a asset class these days a store of value so people do not want to spend it but uh, um but that is i i believe that is still possible using other assets something uh, with something like a litecoin or even you know a dogecoin for that matter can be used for uh, payments and uh, stuff so uh, you are saying that those services still exist uh, but it is dependent on the end consumer how they want to use it Uh, yeah that's right 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 okay so um um i uh, so uh, i understand that uh, you were uh, active on these uh, services still uh, you know rbi had that circular mentioning that banks can no longer provide services to crypto companies and uh, so um i want to talk about i mean how uh, what uh, went what happened after that circular from rbi how it has impacted your business as a whole or crypto industry as a whole and i'm uh, i know uh, you guys uh, i mean the industry has fought back and uh, that decision was overruled back in 2020 so what were the challenges faced after that particular circular and how uh, what is the effect uh, that had on the crypto industry uh, overall here in india yeah so the notice that went out to the banks uh, comparatively i would say is like very watertight which means it kind of not only said that uh, the banks it also said nbfc holders it could be cooperatives or other societies like everyone inclusive uh, so went to even cooperative banks as well so mm-hmm. so that that kind of reached everyone but also in the notice the apart from the mentioning that the business or entities they also mentioned like customers right so like the, the end consumers Uh, which means the bank should also not produce uh, or not uh, provide the banking services for end user whoever are dealing in cryptocurrency so that was a kind of uh, thing and uh, i mean that made us obviously that was a backbone for us uh, to take money from our customers uh, help them buy bitcoin and if they are selling bitcoin to give back money to their customers to, to those mm-hmm. customers right so when we saw that okay the customers are having a problem we are having a problem like all of us bank lost access to banking for doing these kinds of transaction uh, due to which we we actually had to kind of go into a hibernate mode uh, to only provide basic services i mean we were providing crypto to crypto exchange at the point of time but that was also you know when it comes to volumes and such very limited in nature and we carefully sought uh, i mean thought we don't want to do peer to peer because uh, even the the Uh, consumer end consumer uh, was a part of that particular notice mm-hmm. uh, so for other in other words uh, if the banks end up doing a transfer from one user of an exchange to another user of an exchange in the name of peer to peer without knowing what they are doing and if it is used for cryptocurrency swapping then it's again the violation of this notice uh, because the notice said not only entities but also consumers right so Okay. That's the reason why we didn't do peer to peer, but there are other competitors who did it, which kind of has worked out good for them. Uh, but I don't know if it, I mean, how it, if it has any any reciprocations in the future. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so that made us to you know downsize our, our team and uh, go down our expenses. And on the other side, understand that this is not supposed to be the notice that the Reserve Bank can send directly. Uh, so we had to fight back. Mm-hmm. so apart from the association with to which we are a part of uh, and there are other companies as well who were a part of and uh, in fact only wazirx was there at that time out of the ones that exist today mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah, there are others the few others called uh, called byucoin the others as well but comparatively out of the notable ones i would say was we, we definitely didn't have uh, bit bns i mean even today we don't have it in the association uh, them and we don't zepay have... was also not part of that association In, in initially yes they were and then uh, they thought they were leaving the country right so they went to uh, europe to service and at that time yeah so they were not a part of fighting back in fact mm-hmm. um, so and uh, and wazirx actually was launched maybe like two months before this notice came out and such mm-hmm. and it comes to coin dcx and coin switch i mean they all, they only signed up as members of the association like a uh, few quarters back mm-hmm. like that they, they, they were not in it till like very recently after we winning the case 
I think they got convinced that okay, this association has some power and uh, fighting together is like more beneficial and such. Um, so yeah, uh, and apart from uh, saying that it is, uh, um, so it, it is unfair for uh, the Reserve Bank of India to come up with this kind of notice. Uh, it is more like uh, unproportionality basis, which means if it is uh, a business that is not outlawed in the country, then the RBI should not use these kinds of powers to say that uh, it should not allow the banks, right? So it is, it is, if it is not illegal and it is just like any other commodity business or uh, food business or whatever business it is, uh, just that the actual money is being paid uh, for uh, you know, buying and selling of cryptocurrencies. So we had to fight on those kinds of proportionality basis on one side. And then it's actually also the human rights issue. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by human rights issue is, uh, so humans, uh, when they're doing things right, they should not be uh, a victim because of the RBI or banking infrastructure. Mm -hmm. So it's, so we needed a human as well because association cannot represent a human. It is association is like an entity. Mm -hmm. We didn't find any human who said, "Okay, I'll I'll put the like big big boy pants and actually you know step up." So my co-founder Harish had to be that human. So he had to take that up a stand, saying that, "Okay, I am a individual who have got uh, who have been a victim of this particular notice without doing anything wrong." Um, as per the laws of the nation. Mm -hmm. So that as well, I mean, he had to be in the court um, every single day for every hearing at Supreme Court. And he was also the one who was explaining uh, the lawyers um, about the industry. I mean, they know the law, right? So they don't know the industry. So there needs to be yeah. someone who is uh, from the industry to tell them like what means what. So yeah, so in that way, I mean, he was he was able to do both, uh, uh, being a part of a human victim and uh, as a co-founder of Unicoin, he was able to tell like how things work and how it is supposed to be, and why this is wrong. So yeah, we had to fight back about twenty-three months, I guess. So since the notice to the verdict, so on fourth of March two thousand twenty, we got the verdict from uh, from Supreme Court saying that okay, yeah, this particular notice is set aside. Mm -hmm. Um, so just after that, uh, the next day itself, we got the access to banking and we started again servicing our customers, etc. So given that at that point of time, we had lost touch of being very proactive for about two years, uh, kind of, in a, so it needed some time for us to warm up and uh, be able to like, be in a industry in such a way that, um, just like other equals, right? So many others. So there were there were a few other exchanges, but that by then who were like more like Coin DCX and the Coin Coin Switch was more of the uh, crypto to crypto transaction like shape shift. But then they shifted their model uh, towards just simple. Uh, I mean the exchange for India itself because after winning the game such. So then eventually all of them became the core part of the association as well, right? Yeah. And now that because of the background, because of the money they have created, I think the IITNs and uh, the technologies they're using, et cetera, et cetera. So different players have raised different amounts of money and they have used it to uh, take it I mean, take it forward and do the customer acquisition, um, et cetera. So and one thing that kind of everyone have in common is uh, we should not let uh, the India, the, the entire country, lose out on a technology like this uh, just because, you know, the people or the regulators as of now don't have the full understanding of the Bitcoin. So because of that, uh, we continue to fight. Uh, could be talking to the regulators, talking to the parliament um, and any influencers. Um, so that like what the technology is and how it works and such so that it can reach to as many number of people in India as possible so that the more and more people get involved, uh, it will be much better for the industry. So, so that's pretty much yeah. So, uh, I mean, I uh, uh, always wanted to know this. I mean, what was RBI's reasoning to put out such a notice? And uh, I mean, uh, what was their logic behind this? Uh, they said that they have done uh, study, internal studies and analyze uh, the nature of this business. Uh, and uh, if somebody has really done a study and understood the business, then uh, it doesn't make sense to, you know, cut off banking access. So what was RBI's reasoning be behind putting out that notice? So the first notice from RBI came out to 
like general public just after a week after we launched Unocoin. So okay. I think that was on 26th of uh, December 2013. And we launched our platform, I think, on 15th of December. So it's like 11 days. Okay. And at that time, all they said was, okay, we know this something like this exists. Uh, there is something called Bitcoin, Litecoin, and a few others. And uh, then uh, we uh, also want to caution users about uh, the volatility, which will cause the financial risks. And there are security risks involved because people just could lose uh, whatever credentials required and they lose access to their money. Um, and then there are legal risks because um, because there is no regulation, proper regulation. And if actual regulation comes up in the future, I mean, if it is against the public interest of whoever already have, have got into the, this particular place, it could be a legal risk as well. And also if they're accepting Bitcoin from someone who is unaware, right? So if it has uh, some stolen Bitcoins or hacked Bitcoins or Bitcoins acquired in through any kind of illegal means and such. So it kind of taints uh, the entire trail. Right. So these kinds of things, uh, I mean, they, they had warned uh, with, with a notice. They actually it was more of a cautionary one. notice that you should be careful about this. Yeah, you should know what you're doing, right? So and you could lose all the money. Mm -hmm. uh, so they did that for another four times till 2018, uh, which was more or less very similar. The okay. same notice. So they issued a total of five notices uh, for the five years. Um, and in 2018, um, I think they, I mean, the way the bull run happened, I think, and uh, we are exactly like unaware of the, the reasoning behind it. Uh, but mm -hmm. the notice that came out in 2018 was much more aggressive. Uh, but that notice was actually given to banks, uh, not to not to general public. They just asked the bank to stop uh, providing services, like as simple as that, right? And they had said some, they have done some kind of research and such, and that was also a part of the trial in the court. But the research that they had done were probably looked uh, to be very insufficient. So due to which it couldn't stand and uh, they had to lose the case at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, this has set back the industry as a whole uh, by almost two years. So, uh, uh, I'm sure you uh, had a lot of losses on the revenue side. Also, uh, I'm sure you have lost uh, a lot of customers uh, along the way. So, uh, so once we have the verdict back in 2020, uh, how uh, how has the industry evolved uh, after this uh, particular fiasco is behind us? So uh, we know that there are multiple exchanges here uh, now, like CoinDCX or Wazirx or CoinSwitch. And uh, so how, uh, uh, I mean, how the sentiment has gone up and how the industry has evolved after this particular notice till today. Uh, and especially given that we had another bull run this year, uh, bigger than what we had in 17, 18. So how it has uh, changed now? Yeah, I think it, the the outlook definitely have changed the way people look at it, the the way media looks at it and such. So now the speculation is about how the government treats it. So, but no one is trying to say that you know individually. Yeah, this technology is bad, uh, etc. So that kind of views actually don't exist anymore because uh, this particular industry have proven again and again and again that uh, you know it is much more thriving um, and continue to exist and become bigger and such as month and month passes. Right. So, in fact, even though when we say it's about a two years of setback, I would say it's more about three years of setback because the next year was more required for um, the cope up of whatever was lost. It's like more like COVID, right? So, yeah. uh, if you lose one year, then we actually lose two years uh, because to like figure out and get back to where things were, uh, it itself will take exactly. some maybe time at least and such. So, we lost about two and a half years is what I think at least. So yeah, but since then, uh, which means we, after that, we had a good nine months period, I guess, till now. Mm -hmm. uh, so during which the, yeah, the volumes have gone up, the customers have gone up, there is more interest in the people. And nowadays we're actually seeing Bitcoin, it could be in the advertisements as Hotstar, or it could be with the cricket, etc. Mm -hmm. as well. And uh, then there are comparative, like some of the education portals, which are te teaching about this kind of technology and how it works mm -hmm. and such. Um, and now there are even self-regulatory uh, framework that has been put forward uh, by the association. And then there is some kind of uh, self-regulations when it comes to disclaimers of, I mean, whenever companies does any kind of advertisement, so how exactly they should be 
uh, what are the information that they'll have to give to the con to, to the to the end consumer about the risks involved and uh, and what if it goes to zero and such, right? So these are things it's it is kind of have uh, have addressed. So in that way, I think it has definitely matured and it, it is more looking to be like uh, becoming like many other matured industries over time. So it's on that path. Um, is how I see it. But as it as we continue to like move forward and the rest of the world keep uh, you know, moving forward as well, uh, I think it will keep on getting more robust and stable, I guess. So this particular bull run, yeah, I mean, we had a good bull run, but definitely not like uh, what we had in 2017. So 2017 was more about, say, price went up from $1,000 on January 2nd, all the way up to, I think, 20000 by January 17. So we have definitely not seen like 20x yeah. uh, increase. Like, uh, right. So, yeah. uh, but however, uh, this also brought a lot of people who had been very, very stubborn in 2017. Right. So those are the ones who did not get involved. And even now they're involved and such. And uh, maybe every bull run actually brings more and more people. Yeah. This is, is what happened. And, uh, and people should understand that, okay. This is more about the technology and need of the internet, I guess. So the fast and free payments. So I mean, what it'll eventual value will be is kind of unknown. But um, however, given that there is a utility that is like very, very easily visible on the table. Uh, so people who want to capitalize on identifying this kind of opportunity should have the required patience so that, uh, you know, they, they can reap the benefits of the risk taken. It should definitely, it should not be like, you know, putting it, putting the money in the morning and taking it out in the evening, uh, that definitely should go away. That, yeah. I mean, even though it's like good for the industry because there is like liquidity and such, mm -hmm. the concept is definitely not that. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. I, uh, I mean, I understand now, uh, uh, the bull run, uh, the amount of price gain, uh, back in 2017 was much higher than what we had today, uh, comparatively. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, as you said, I mean, every bull run brings in more people, it creates more awareness and uh, every beer run, I think it distills people, uh, you know, who uh, focus more on learning, understanding the technology, they hang around uh, for a longer period, but somebody who is, you know, uh, trying to make quick money uh, would not. And uh, I understand now uh, uh, that the government and the regulators are uh, uh, having much more, uh, you know, um, uh, unbiased uh, view of this trying to understand the technology and trying to see how we can regulate it looking at uh, you know other uh, uh, international markets and uh, such so uh, i hope uh, uh, i mean uh, india also you know brings in certain regulations so that the investors are, are taken care of and uh, it also allow, allows for uh, industry to keep innovating and keep uh, creating better products and services uh, for everybody i uh, I just want to uh, take you back a bit uh, uh, in 2018 uh, because um, Unocoin had in installed their first uh, first Bitcoin ATM here in India back in 2018, uh, and uh, I was very excited at that point of time that yes, uh, India also has some ATMs now because uh, only a handful of countries had them back then, and uh, but unfortunately that has not continued. Um, and uh, today, well, I don't think we have uh, much ATMs. I think there are few uh, in some locations, but uh, we don't have much uh, Bitcoin ATMs. I think it serves well uh, for, uh, you know, somebody new to uh, understand Bitcoin, interact with it, uh, much uh, similar to how one can interact uh, with a banking infrastructure. So I think it uh, uh, definitely helps in enhancing the awareness and uh, adoption uh, as a whole. So. Um, I, uh, I want to ask you, I mean, what was the thought process behind putting out that ATM and again, what, uh, I mean, what challenges you faced and uh, why you had to take it down and uh, uh, all the things that happened around it. And also, uh, does, you know, can plan to put uh, ATMs again in the future? Yeah. So the reason why we even thought of putting this kind of uh, uh, ATM, when it's not like the Bitcoin ATM, in fact, there's like a misconception. It was more like a machine which can accept money from our customers and a machine which can give out money for our customers. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. It's like a money. Uh, that's it. It's it's not the Bitcoin ATM itself has a different meaning. In fact, so where people are purchasing it on the portal, I mean, on that particular screen itself, and 
like paying money for it and then cashing out uh, and taking the bitcoin into their mobile wallet application or something like that so that, that, that was not all the you know thought process okay uh, because of the banking restrictions which was posed uh, by reserve bank of india uh, the banks could not uh, provide the bank accounts for us or to our customers right so and there are so many people whose money is kind of stuck uh, in terms of bitcoin and even if they really need it they they just don't have a way to to get the money out it's kind of that way and yeah like i said we didn't uh, look at the peer to peer as even an option because it's kind of violation it's making banks to violate their own notice Mm-hmm. So we didn't we didn't notice. I mean, we didn't go in that way. So the obvious obvious uh, option that we had was, okay, what if uh, we have some people who actually are uh, accepting money and distributing money to the consumers, and then uh, these people we will have to trust so many people, etc., which was like very very much like not at all possible uh, in, in the way we run the business and such. So we thought, okay, we will make it as a machine. Uh, so we we actually had bought uh, the same bank ATM machine kind of thing from the similar similar provider. Um, so then we reconfigured it to just contact our servers instead of like banking infrastructure servers. Um, so it could now uh, check the balance, provide cash outs, and if someone is willing to deposit money, then uh, it's credit their particular account that way. But however, yeah, it did like you said, it's, it just got like confused. That we were trying to put Bitcoin ATM, I mean, which itself is also not like outlawed in the country, because the restriction was more in terms of banks. It was not for for us as as people or citizens of India. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it more came out that okay, RBA has banned Bitcoin, but still someone is installing Bitcoin ATM. Mm-hmm. So there was a kind of misconception that happened at that point of time. Then me and my co-founder were taken for inquiry. We had to stay there for two two days. Um, explaining them that this, and they had to say, "Okay, are you like you? You guys are trying to cheat, cheat your customers." Uh, so that actually, this ATM has not even gone live, right? So it is, it is still a machine which we are testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I don't know like what exact uh, restrictions they themselves had. Uh, so they said that, "Yeah, we are filing a case. Then you have to fight it at the court." Okay, if that is the case, then let it be that way. Uh, kind of thing, but anyway, like after coming out, we kind of identified that okay, this has its own challenges, and this could end up being uh, always we fighting uh, for it instead of actually working on the business and doing other things because it has it's, it's a physical thing. It comes with its own challenges and such. Uh, so with that, maybe it's instead of working this, maybe we can just win win the court case itself by actually fighting. Yeah. Right. So since then, we started concentrating more on. Uh, the court case to make sure like it is moving towards uh, winning and such and we knew that once we win it then uh, our customers will be able to send money to us and we can send money to customers directly to the bank account so then we don't really need atm mm-hmm. so as of today as well there are a lot of people who actually want to see atm on the ground mm-hmm. uh, when we put it um, but as of now we haven't really seen see, see the need for it we are more comfortable to take money from customer's bank account to our bank account so that it's it's much more uh, compliant way. Okay. Uh, and such. Um, so, yeah, this, this is pretty much where uh, we stand. Uh, I mean, we, we may actually come up with some kind of ATM idea, like what we want to do with that, um, etc. in the future, but mm-hmm. definitely not something very soon. Okay. 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 Um. I think, uh, I mean, it would be interesting to see uh, Bitcoin ATMs, uh, uh, I mean, in, uh, out there in malls or in public places, uh, because it definitely, uh, you know, um, would help in uh, enhancing the awareness and adoption of Bitcoin uh, as a whole. Um, That's definitely true. Uh, but however, if you see, now there are enough advertisements and the media is doing their job of actually doing it. Right? So it don't need to be physical in front, in front of your eyes. It's... Uh, it is like everywhere, right? So there are so many influencers, influencer marketing, it could be content marketing. Uh, then there is some cost that we do, the, the industry players are spending out as customer acquisition costs. Then there are some welcome bonuses and such as well. Uh, so all of that combined, uh, it, it kind of uh, is bringing awareness already. So I think awareness is a huge challenge to it. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Something uh, uh, a bit about uh, uh, 
I I mean I I went on the website of Unicoin. It said that you had uh, uh, like more than 1.5 million customers uh, as of today. Um, and uh, uh, if you want to talk about the demographics of those customers uh, and uh, uh, a bit about that. Sure, I think some some interesting trends we have seen about demographics and such. So we used to have uh, say between like 12 percent to 15 percent of them used to be female, uh, like till a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you only see the new numbers, uh, it looks like the female investors have increased the number of female investors. So it goes as much as 18, 20 percent sometimes in some of the weeks. So which means there are more females who are actually you know are understanding it and and taking decision to be a part of it and such. When it comes to the age range, uh, it's very obvious. It goes from uh, say between 25 to 45 is like maximum because it's also the population where. Uh, they're they're kind of tech savvy and they understand what they what what this technology all about and uh, are willing to dip their feet. I guess. Mm-hmm. And there is also we have this product called uh, SPP, systematic buying plan, which mm-hmm. is a SIP equivalent for mutual funds, right? And uh, here in this particular plan, uh, customers can like uh, park some uh, Indian rupees in their uh, Onocoin account and then configure this option in such a way that. Every day, midnight at 12 a.m., uh, some amount of bitcoins is bought for a particular amount of Indian rupees. Which means, let's say, if I set it as 100 rupees mm-hmm. every day, then every day at midnight, whatever is the current price of bitcoin, 100 rupees worth of bitcoin is bought, and people can set this as low as 10 rupees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, someone who can who can even do like 300 rupees per month is what they're putting into the account of one kind. Um, and they are uh, running it for 10 rupees every single day, right? So I mean, that, that's a kind of possibility um, and such. Uh, so yeah, and it, it goes as much as 50,000 rupees um, per day. Um, and with the frequency of either they want it daily, weekly or monthly. Okay. Right? So we have actually seen good traction for this kind of product because there are so many people who are also seeing this as an investment opportunity. Yeah. Right? So and want to invest so long. So we have this product since 2014 already. So this is already like seventh year of the product. Mm-hmm. And we have seen more than 99% of the customers who have opted for this profit are in, I mean, opted for this program are in profit today. Yeah. Um, so, so they're kind of like, you know, keep reinforcing our theory that um, some kind of, and it, it kind of like helps with the financial oh. discipline as well, that they know that, okay, by the first of the month, they have to put together 6,000 rupees for this purpose as an investment, right? So it kind of kinds of helps them with financial discipline. And if it is a bear market as well, bear market as well, people don't bother because they're just acquiring more Bitcoin because the price of Bitcoin is low. Yeah. And then there is a bull market, obviously, you know, they would start looking at the profits, like how much they have done and such. And uh, it kind of have, like a lot of them have decided to keep it long term and such. Yeah. So in our platform, the way we, we ourselves position, I think we are more uh, user friendly. Uh, for the newcomers, uh, like with the single click button, they're able to buy and sell. Um, and also, the people who want to invest, stay invested in Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrencies for long term, right? So that is that continues to be our focus. Uh, and this exchange, whatever things we're talking about, is uh, is somewhat a distraction, even though it's a part of our business uh, for a normal user, uh, because they're trying to make little money and they're trying to lose money. Like it's it's it just makes the market liquid. Uh, but however, uh, the people who believe in technology usually are more the long-term guys, uh, and the one who want to do this as a part of investment because there is some money in it uh, will be more looking at uh, intraday trading or short-term uh, investment opportunities. Is uh, is how I'm seeing this as. I mean, in in our platform, we we obviously have customers from 18 years of oh, 18 years of age because we need them to have the bank card and bank accounts, which which means like they should be 18. Um, and all the way up to like 96, 97. So we have seen uh, some like very old grandmas who are like 95 yeah. years well, mm-hmm. age as well, signing up on the platform. Um, yeah. I think they would have taken some help from their uh, maybe grandchildren, I guess, or great great grandchildren. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, wide range. It's very wide range. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, I mean, uh, good to have that kind of wide uh, demographics, you know, right from 18 to 95. And uh, uh, also interesting to know that the number of female uh, users have grown uh, over the years. Um, uh, and um, 
yeah you talked about systematic buying plan i uh, also felt that i mean one of the best features uh, uh, that was one of the best features of unocoin and i think uh, not a lot of other uh, uh, companies offer that uh, type of a plan uh, i'm not aware uh, completely we were actually the first ones not only in india but for the world to okay. offer this kind of plan yeah so we, there were no no one in in the in, in the world had that when we introduced it in 2014 but right now actually like a lot of them are figured out because see at the end when this entire exchange game starts and we see a lot of features from mutual funds being uh, carried on to this and margin trading and uh, derivatives as in like the futures and options so all of these whatever can exist in the capital market all of them have actually eventually come down for this particular industry as well including yeah whatever different things that was possible in mutual funds like creating Uh, a bucket of uh, different yeah. coins calling it with a sub specific name and yeah. then in that way so all of these existed in capital markets are now kind of available here as well like But, yeah, some some have uh, like indexes also somebody would be having a bitcoin index and then probably an erc20 index uh, those type of products are also exist yeah the the, the the they do and we actually have one product on our mobile apps called crypto basket mm-hmm. um So where uh, I mean it's also like little tough for many people to actually do research on maybe thirty, forty, fifty different tokens, right? So, but if they want to take an exposure in such a way that depending upon the market cap or volume um, or the price uh, in some way, then yeah, with the click of a button they'll be able to place uh, multiple orders against different different assets at once, and mm-hmm. then yeah, in that way they are just spreading their entire investment amount uh, into maybe twenty, thirty different uh, coins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and then that will be bought and will be kept and yeah they are taking their risk in that particular fashion because they don't maybe they they don't have enough time to perform research i guess so it could go from bitcoin ether litecoin dash to some 30 40 different years to token so all of them combined so it's just a single click of a button they are just spreading depending upon the pro rata basis depending upon the volume so yeah. uh, depending on the price and thing yeah 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 okay um Okay, uh, so uh, I got to ask you about uh, what do you think of uh, the? Uh, I mean, first of all, the crypto industry as a whole has matured uh, over the years uh, here in India. Uh, we see a lot more companies, not only exchanges, but there are some uh, other people working on all different types of uh, solutions, l- like with Matic building a layer two solution for Ethereum, or with something uh, like an Instadab, which are developing, uh, you know, uh, innovative way of doing a decentralized finance in. Uh, as less number of transactions as you can do so uh, what do you think of this particular trend uh, you know uh, decentralized finance and uh, and potentially nfts and um, uh, does unocoin have um, any product offerings uh, related to these trends in near future uh, sure yeah i mean this is one of the industries where uh, things change way very fast right so what used to be the trend maybe one year ago is not even a trend now Mm-hmm. Right, so it's gone and gone, right? But however, whenever this kind of uh, you know surge in trends, particular trend happen, uh, and if it goes away, it leaves with a very strong footprints uh, with some of the projects uh, who have really done good and want to sustain for long term, right? So when it comes to DeFi, probably we might have seen about a few hundreds or maybe thousands of new tokens that have taken birth. but what remains today maybe some dozens or maybe some hundreds right so uh, the bad ones are obviously like just go away without uh, maybe when they don't have commitment uh, towards it and such yeah so eventually there will be the players who will stand and uh, work for it long term so it's very similar when it comes to nfts as well so but however we being in exchange we leave the discretion of what our customers want to invest in uh, to our customers itself but from mm-hmm. what i remember we have uh, a few tokens uh, uh, which which were born out of this defi uh, defi uh, the 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 boom run or the trend that happened uh, which are kind of directly indirectly serving them and also for nfts right so and it's up to our customers to do their research and if they want to get involved in something like that so one thing i'm usually like afraid of um, of doing Uh, is as soon as the boom run happens, like listing it, right? Mm-hmm. There definitely will be like a great value uh, when it comes to the volume yeah. and revenue to the exchange. But however, 
it will be making way too many people more poor right so because uh, in that kind of boomerang who are invested and then they see the price drops by one tenth in, in like no time mm -hmm. um so even though it's good for business um given this unregulated space uh, we kind of are cautious and want to introduce it to our customers uh, when there is some kind of stability established uh, then the moment on one side it gets introduced and then on the other side they just start uh, approaching exchanges to get listed some less set uh, and then in, in no time it, it just like vanishes to thin air and then the exchange says that yeah this is this is not having enough volume we are delisting it and the kind of like for the as far as exchange is concerned they are obviously following their own terms and conditions but we should be more thinking about a common man so yeah so what kind of yeah, so this is one of the things that I actually uh, intended to ask you, but missed on. So, mm -hmm. what are the key, uh, you know, criteria that you have before you decide to list any particular token? Um, sure. So, I mean, the first and few things that that we see is say obviously the founders. So, who are the founders? What are the credentials? And since when they are in this crypto space? Uh, and since when this coin got introduced? How many exchanges have listed it? What is their volumes? Etc. as well and what is attraction what is the community behind it what is the true utility behind it mm -hmm. right so these are all like the I mean, I mean we don't have any rules as such as regulations itself right so mm -hmm. if it comes to say like what are the what are the uh, rules for a company to get ipo listed uh, in uh, in nsc or bsc it's uh, it's kind of like much more straightforward i guess because there is obviously like a set of rules uh, that is very precise but when it comes to this kind of uh, you know coin based offering it's uh, we don't know like there, there is no such standard rules uh, there are exchanges which have very very lenient rules they, they list anything and everything mm -hmm. and there are exchanges uh, which have so strict rules that uh, they will wait maybe more than a few quarters after the coin is introduced before they take it up and you know introduce it in, on, on their own platform so it could be say Shiba coin or whatever, which which made some news, right? So some exchanges are, oh my God, this is like uh, next Dodge coin. Uh, so then they introduced that, and then it lost uh, what maybe like from its peak, it has lost uh, say 80, 90 percent of the value. Yeah, 80 to 90, which is like a huge thing. And the way Shiba coin became popular is because of Dodge coin becoming popular. Right, so those kinds of like wrong intentions or wrong examples behind the scenes, uh, people losing money uh, is like uh, unjustified. Yeah, I see. So we, we usually are cautious about it. Okay, makes sense. Uh, totally makes sense. All right. Um... Uh, I think uh, that is more or less what I uh, wanted to, you know, cover uh, uh, our talk about in general. Um, I definitely learned a lot of things from this uh, conversation. Um, anything specific that you want to mention or uh, uh, anything that you want to say before we uh, conclude this? Yeah, I just want to say, I mean, it's usually last comments that I give to my, my, my consumer, my, my own customers are like anyone in this particular space that uh, don't invest in crypto by taking debt. So that's mm -hmm. like a very risky thing you could do. And know that uh, once you buy it, uh, there is no obligation for anyone to buy it from you. And it is it continues to be experimental in nature. Um, it's everything is technology based. Uh, it is kind of proven since 11 years, but that's definitely not as long as we had other investment opportunities like mutual funds or equity or commodities in place. Yeah. Um, so for a risk averse uh, investor, he should not take more than 5% of his total portfolio exposure into crypto. So he should be like very careful. But however, if uh, whatever is assumptions and our assumptions and our projections continue to be like right, uh, that 5% whatever the exposure per crypto itself can actually become a huge part of his portfolio in the future. Uh, but that alone does not permit or warrant them to take too big exposures, especially if they are risk covers and the money, the savings that they have really matters for their life. So yeah, just, just be cautious with investing and do your research uh, before uh, investing. Always look for some kind of utility behind it. Um, and because others are saying if you're investing, then uh, definitely it's like wrong. Yeah, It's, it's the first step of failure. Yeah. 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 Okay, uh, Sadhvi, what is the best way to uh, reach out to you or follow you on social media? What would you recommend? Sure, I, I think the only place where I'm somewhat active is Twitter. 
Okay. And my handle is at the rate Satvik V S A T H V I K V. Okay. Um, so I, I mean, my DMs are open. So when customers or anyone who writes uh, to me, yeah, uh, I definitely. Try to reply. I mean, th- that is how even we are having this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I can totally uh, vouch for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, th- th- that's pretty much how it um, happens. And uh, since like a few uh, few months, I think we also have an offer that is running on our platform uh, that the new customers can use Uno's five zero U N O five zero to get fifty rupees worth of Bitcoin whenever okay. they sign up um, and such. And our exchange, when people are placing the bid orders and ask orders directly, mm-hmm. uh, we have it at zero percent transaction fee since maybe a year already. Okay. So which means, like, if I'm trying to sell one Bitcoin for thirty lakh rupees, I'll get all thirty lakhs, uh, not even a single paisa less. So that's kind of like a good thing, and that also allows uh, you know the people who have decided their life to be like speculation to buy and sell even for a one rupee difference. It's all up to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are the things that right, and yeah, uh, it's it's good to catch up with you, and I'm glad uh, to be a part of your uh, podcast. Yeah, uh, I mean Great. it's my pleasure to uh, have you here, and uh, uh, thank you very much for uh, doing this. Hopefully, uh, we get a chance to do this sometime again uh, in the future. Sure, it's the the cryptocurrency industry in in India is like a movie. I think yeah. um, I don't know if you have completed one part or two part, but. Definitely not near the end of it. So it's kind of seasons after seasons. For sure, we'll definitely have another opportunity. For sure. Thank you so much, uh, Satvik. Thank you very much for uh, watching till the end. Uh, I hope you gained some value out of that uh, conversation. Um, if you enjoyed it, uh, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe to the channel, and uh, uh, do share it with your friends or family who would be uh, interested to see this. And uh, if you have any questions or if you have any suggestions for uh, any future guest uh, on the show, uh, please let me know. I'll try to approach them and have them on the show. Um, the Space Road Podcast is also available on leading podcasting platform, audio podcasting platforms. And uh, make sure you check that out. And um, thank you once again. I will see you in the next episode.